um, I want to welcome, I'm actually going to ask for both of them to come up so that, so that she can say hi. But these are my good friends, Adam and Julie Miller from right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Come on, come on, give them a warm applause. You're in for a treat. Adam's got a word from heaven. But Julie, I just, would you just say hi to everybody? You're so awesome. Come on. This is the mama that contended for baby Elsie that we prayed for for years. You remember her? And so Elsie is here. I'll tell the story because I like to be on the mic. Um, no, you can. You can tell it. Thank you. It's so excited to be here with you guys today out of... Um 12-degree weather, we are currently getting four inches of snow at our house. So um, we will take the beach over snow any day, and you guys can continue to pray that one day the Lord moves our family back to the south, preferably on a beach. Amen. Hope my in-laws aren't watching the live stream. Okay, so it is so exciting to be here with you at The Harvest. We adore your pastors, Dan and Estrella. Um, yeah, give it up for them. Come on. Um, as you know, as Dan said, we have a sweet baby, Elsie, and it was crazy how the Lord just connected us with them. We happened to be here on the day that they were dedicating their miracle, Maddie, to the Lord, and I was pregnant with Elsie, and she had a, a crazy birth defect, and we won't go into it. It's really long, really crazy, but um, the Lord just really used them to uh, keep Adam and I sane, to be a strength to us, um, you know? takes a special kind of people to walk through the fire and not get taken out, but to come out stronger. And those are the pastors you have. So if you're not behind them, if you're not supporting them, you should probably come up and repent and then stand in line strong behind them, hold their arms up because they are the real deal. And um, you need to be a part of what they're doing here. Amen. Come on. Thanks, darling. We have three amazing children. They just ran out of here. Couldn't get out of here fast enough. It's not you, Dan. It's not you. They love you. Uncle Pastor Dan, they call him, per his request. <laughs> now, just to uh, echo really quick, um, Dan and Estrella, you guys, uh, you guys are a gift from the Lord to our lives, truly. And uh, as Julie said, we, we were here uh, during the dedication of all the weeks. We came one week of the whole year, and it happened to be that week. Julie was pregnant at the time. And we had no idea what was ahead of us, but we saw the miracle of what God had done. And that kept us, you know. You got to remember what the Lord does. Come on, I'll keep you through the fire and through the night. So um, all that to say, man, we love you guys so much. And it's unbelievable, not unbelievable, I keep stopping myself. It's amazing. It's miraculous what the Lord is doing through Harvest and through this family. I was just thinking about this because we have a similar situation at our church near Pittsburgh, where a lot of, it's a lot of family uh, together in leadership. And um, whereas like some people may look at that as an issue, I believe it's biblical and I believe we're going to see more of it in the world today because there's something about generational increase. And man, when you guys were just, even astray when you came up to, to lead and all these things and seeing you sitting here, like there is a, an anointing to restore family. And, and what you're doing with the broken and bringing them back. And, but there really is a, a key to this about restoring the family unit because it's God's idea. The more heaven comes to earth, the more earth should look like family. That was his design, his plan, his, his idea. And the enemy has tried to divide and conquer. But this, you see in front of you an expression of generational increase. And that should thrill you. 
Because, and then you see their children, and, and they're going to be raised up in the same way in greater anointing, greater increased capacity for the kingdom to advance. Come on. You want to help me preach now? <laughs> but it's, it's not just uh, something to celebrate. It's something to believe for in your life. Come on, you need to believe that God wants to give your family generational increase on your mountain that he's called you to rule from, amen? These guys are owning theirs and running after it, uh, and God will do the same for you. And so it's a picture of what he desires to do in our day, restore the family, and so let it be in Jesus' name. But these two are some of the most authentic people uh, and genuine lovers of God and just lovers of mankind, and you have a gift here. And, and I was saying this in the first service, sometimes it takes an outside voice to come in to remind you. you know, although I know Dan probably reminds you all the time, I know. <laughs> I love it though, but seriously, they, they are such a gift and a treasure. And, and I pray, um, as they have marked your lives week in and week out, that you remember to pray for them, that you remember to surround them. You know, the word of God talks about Moses and they were in the battle and Aaron and her held up his arms and as long as his arms were up in the air, the battle was being won. And that's a picture of how we can surround our leaders. And so I just, man, I implore you today to pray for your leadership, to pray for these ones who are standing at, at the front lines, declaring what the Lord's doing and, and pushing back darkness, amen, in your city, in your region. And so we bless you guys today and true friends, true authentic people. So hallelujah. God's up to some good stuff. You believe it? Yeah. Come on. How many got a promise from God over your life? Let me see your hand, big and high, come on. How many have not seen that promise come fully into fruition yet? Let me see that hand. Come on, well, I got a word for you today. <laughs> Some of y'all are still in process. You know God loves process? Oh, he sure does. We want like A, skip all the way to Z. And God's like, here's B. <laughs> Gonna learn this one next. Here's C. You know, we're like, God, okay, fast forward. How do we, how do we, you know, we're the generation, you, you skip... You DVR and you skip the commercials. Amen? Can I get an amen? Come on, get out of here, YouTube commercials. That is garbage. Get behind me, Satan. I want to fast forward the commercials. I don't need to get preaching about TV. Help us, Jesus. Uh, point is, we want to get right to the end, right to the, you know, skip the chase. Let's just go for it. Let's see what happens, right? But God's saying he actually cares way more about what he's building in you than what he's building through you. He really does. And it's because he cares about you. And he cares about what will last through all of eternity. That's who you are as a person. Amen? Because a, a father sent his son for sons and daughters to get the sons and daughters back to have peace with God. That's why the father sent the son, so that we could have relationship. And yes, there is a kingdom. And yes, we are co-heirs and co-laborers. And the Bible says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So we don't earn our way into heaven. It's a free gift. We receive it by grace through faith. But he's calling us to do good things. He's calling us to work it out in the world around us. And we have the opportunity to co-labor with heaven. Do you know that God is dreaming over your life? You need to hear that, that God has dreams. And just like you would for your child, when you see that, you know, your child and you're, you're holding your newborn and dreaming of what could be all the potential, God is dreaming over your life. And you need to ask him, Papa, what are you dreaming over my life? What do you have for me? And, and hear the word of God. I love, this is a prophetic church. David Wagner is a dear friend of ours too. Like, 
I love that he comes through here. He was just here uh, this past Wednesday. If y'all missed it, you, you missed it. My kids were quoting him. It was awesome. We were in the car. Nora goes, what do you do when your miracle needs a miracle? Hey. I was like, come on, girl. Tell me. Tell me. Somebody take an offering. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? We were having church on I-75 and all that awful traffic. Lord, help us. Anyway, um, God has amazing things for your life, and you have to believe it. And today, I want to tell you, and I mentioned this just a minute ago. There are a couple primary ways that God will release things to us as children. One of them is we receive it like a child. You know what I mean? Where Like the gift of salvation. It literally, it just happens. There is like an immediate like happening in, by the grace of God for salvation. We believe it. We receive it by faith. We are saved, right? And then we work out our, work out our salvation. Amen? Another thing, another way that God does it is he asks us, to co-labor with him to see it come to pass. And so there's times, again, we want to fast forward through all the, the hard stuff and the process, but God's actually saying there's stuff that, that, that has to be developed within you to be able to sustain what I want to do. He is a really good steward. He's not a foolish investor. That's why Jesus talks, so, there's so many parables that Jesus talks about when he points to, and the master will return and he'll ask them what they've done. And so I want to just challenge you, like be after the father's business and realize that he, he is, the invitation is out to you today to co-labor with him. That we get to be his ambassadors in this world. That wherever you work, wherever you live, whatever surrounding you find yourself in, it should start to look more like heaven. Amen? And you say, oh, I hate my job, my job. It's the worst place in the world to be there. Well, the, the moment you stepped foot in that office, everything changes. And you got to believe that. We are not victims to the world around us. We have the same power living in us that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Come on, somebody. That same power that, that defeated death is alive in you right this minute. And we want to walk in and be like, my boss was cross with me today. You know, well, I'm sure that'll happen. That's life. But guess what? Raise, rise up and be victorious in Jesus' name. And I'm not saying life doesn't get hard, but you got to remind yourself what's on the other side. Right? Come on. So God has it for you. And so I want to look at this. We talked about the promises of God. If you got your Bible, go to 1 Kings 18, and we're going to fly through this and receive from the Word of God. Are you thankful for the Word of God? Yeah. Oh, I know I am. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. We're just, I want to hit verse 1, and then we're going to jump all the way to, to verse 20. I'll give you a second to get there. Later on, in the third year of the drought, I mean, no, they were in a drought. I love this. So I had, Dan asked me to preach a couple weeks ago and immediately God was like, first Kings 18 is, is what you need to talk about. And I come and then Wednesday night, David talked about first Kings 17. And then Dan came to me yesterday and was like, Hey, I'm thinking about the song. There is a cloud for worship Sunday. And I'm like, okay, all right. I see what you're doing. Then I find out he spoke on first Kings 19 last week. So God's got y'all in the Kings. Come on. <laughs> so here we are. The word of the Lord for you today. Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So you have the word from heaven to the prophet. They're in a drought because of the word from heaven. And now God's saying that's about to be over. That's the word for somebody today. That's about to be over. The drought is breaking. The rain is coming. Come on, anybody need that today? The dry season is over. We were declaring that earlier. The, this, this, I hear the sound of rain. Come on. The dry season is over. And he 
so the word of the Lord comes forth. Now fast forward to, to verse 20. We have this setup where we know uh, Elijah comes out and he says, you know, you're wavering between two opinions. You need to choose, you know, if you will serve the Lord. If the Lord is God, serve him. And they say, here's what we're going to do. The prophets of Baal, um, they're going to have a, a sacrifice and Elijah will have a sacrifice. And whoever's God answers by fire, they have a little duel, you know, a little showdown. Whoever's God answers by fire, he is the true God. And so the prophets of Baal are like, yeah, bring it on. There's like 450 of them. And they get into their deal and they're doing their ceremonies and all this crazy stuff. And they're working it up and they're, ah, you know, and they step into like a true like uh, striving of like trying to make something happen. I love Elijah. He's like most of us with his personality. He's like, hey, maybe your God had to go to the bathroom. He literally is like jabbing at them and they're like, oh, God's got to, Baal's got to do something, Baal's got to do something. And they're working it up and they're dancing. They end up like cutting themselves because it's demonic, right? So that cutting spirit that's been coming back around, people hurting themselves, that's a demonic thing that we see all the way back in the word of God where people are trying to strive into becoming and hearing and reaching out to, to find some sort of connection with God outside of God, and so they're dancing, and they're, they're pressing, and they're, they're pushing into this moment, and he's picking at him. He's like, oh, man, maybe he went to the bathroom. Is he asleep? Guys, did Baal fall asleep? Is that what happened? I'm sorry. You know, and he, they're, of course, I'm sure they weren't happy about it. And then he comes up, and Elijah, let's just pick it up there, in verse uh, 30. Yeah, thank you. Come on. I got some help. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. Some of you need to repair the altar of the Lord in your household. I felt that I was reading this last night. I forgot to mention that first service, but some of you are like pressing in and trying to see breakthrough and the altar of the Lord is broken down. What does that mean? Your communion with the Father. Your connection, John 15 reality of he is the, the vine and we are the branches. Your connection has been severed and life is not flowing into your life into your household. Repair the connection with the Father. Give yourself to, to knowing him, spending time in his word, praying. I mean, it's, it's the basics, and we're like, it's, you know, we get over that message really quick, you know, like, oh, the Sunday school message, read your Bible and pray, and like, actually get to know your Father, but it's so essential, and we never graduate from those basics. So repair the altar of the Lord, and watch the Lord visit you. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. I want you to realize, again, they're in the drought. Okay, so water is like a hot commodity. And he's like, here's what, here's what I need you to go get, like this really valuable stuff, and pour it out as an offering before the Lord. You know, I guarantee there were people in that day that were like, Elijah, you know how many, how many widows could use that glass of water? We saw that same thing in the New Testament when the woman breaks open the jar at Jesus' feet. Anytime there's extravagant offering unto the Lord, there will always be a religious spirit that comes in and says, hey, wait a minute. Is that the best? Is that wise? He's like, give me the, the hot commodity. There's been a drought for years upon years. Now I want you just to pour it out before the Lord. That's crazy, right? Can you imagine today what would happen if that something like that happened? You child hater, you widow hater, you know, whatever that, like, there would be like an uproar about a misuse of resources. But he says, like, David, I will not give the Lord something that doesn't cost me anything. 
I'm willing to pour out a sacrifice that's valuable unto the Lord. So he pours out the water and he soaks it. After they had done this, um, he said, do it again. They finished. He says, now do it a third time. So they did as he said in the water. That's a lot of water to be pouring out, bro. <laughs> Verse 36, at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so that these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Verse 38, immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately. The fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up the water in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, seize the prophets, and he took and killed the prophets of Baal. I want you to see something, that God answered immediately the prayer for fire. And that's what I was saying, like sometimes the breakthrough comes instantly. And there are moments, and thank God for these moments, where you're believing for something and God shows up in a service, in a gathering like this. You know, there's so much power about being, and there's so much, um, it's the goodness of God on display that we come together like this to build up one another, to sharpen one another, to encourage one another, and and to bring, I always say it like this, that God has given within each of us glory that we carry to be poured out to him. When we get it together, it like amplifies, and it's like this bonfire of glory that we get to bring him, and something is released with a corporate anointing. Miracles happen, signs, wonders, and miracles, and, and, and we see the gospel advance. Don't forsake the gathering together. Something amazing happens in these moments. And there's times in these moments where immediately change happens. How many have ever received a miracle like when you're standing here praying for something and immediately something happens? Don't you love it? I love when God, when we just receive it, that's that childlike receiving as a gift. But I want you to see something. He goes on to say in verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now the word that, that Elijah had received from God was that the rain was coming, right? He had a, a prophetic word. Some of y'all got a prophetic word that God's gonna do this, this, and this. And you're like, God, you said, right? He had the word. Now, I wanna tell you, let me remind you that he didn't have a prophetic word about fire raining down. Did he? The Bible tells us nothing about God saying, I will send fire upon the sacrifice when you face off against the prophets of Baal. When you have that duel, that woo you know, right in the middle of the duel. <laughs> I'm going to show with fire. He didn't have a prophetic word, but yet God answers immediately. Now he's operating under a prophetic word from the Lord of what God said is going to happen. And yet we see as we read on, he begins to pray. He begins to contend for it to come. Then he said to his servant, go out and look towards the sea. As he began to pray for rain to come, the servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Now, how many of us would get so like, we lose heart in this space? As we have the word from the Lord, God, you said this was gonna happen. You just showed up with fire on the mountain and I'm praying into the very thing you spoke and it's not happening. The tension that we live in is like, God, wait a minute. Julie and I, like, like with Dan and Estrella, with their baby and, and with ours, like we believed, we had early on, we got a word, um, a word from the doctor, not from the Lord, that there was a problem with Elsie, with our baby. And we were like, oh man, this is like, 
heartbreaking. Like we had two healthy children, we're perfectly healthy and strong and everything went awesome. So we got this word, we went to find out the gender reveal and they were like, oh, there's some problems. We were like, oh, so we're not having a gender reveal party tonight? Or, you know, I mean, talk about knock the wind out of you. We had like a party lined up and we're like ready to celebrate life. And they're like, literally the guys, our, our daughter was, was born with an abdominal wall defect and some of her organs were outside of her body. It's a very serious condition, of course. And, and the guy's like, uh, he didn't have any tact, but he was like, oh, your, your baby's guts are hanging out. I was like, what? Who's this guy? You know, he literally said that. And we were like, oh, geez, talk about a gut punch. What is that, man? And so we see this and we're like, oh, we're living in this. And we're like, but you know what? There is a greater reality here. I am not bound to my current reality because I know there's a greater truth. And that truth is that Jesus paid it all. And I want to tell you today, man, no matter what you're facing, no matter how long you've been praying into it, Jesus paid it all for you to have full breakthrough. And, and so in that moment, we were like, we're just gonna pray. Listen, we had, the, we had prophetic words. God spoke to us different, through different people, different things, all these things. And we were like, we were dialed. We were lined up with scripture every day. We were like, yeah, this baby's coming out. Oh, in Jesus' name. We had a missionary friend whose baby was diagnosed with the exact same thing. And the baby was healed in the womb, came out perfect. We're like, that's all I needed. Take, take a Jericho march. You know, we were ready. We were, some of you don't know what that was. Wow. Okay, we'll get to that another week. Next time. Next time here. Uh, not really. So we, <laughs> we were like, yes, God, you're going to do it. We got the testimony. God will do it again. And that's all good and right. But the, when she was born, Elsie was born, it was worse than they thought. I was like, hold up. Now, I had a prophetic word. I had a testimony. We have faith. I know we have faith. You know what I mean? We were like, we believed it. We were like literally blown away when she, she came out and wasn't healed. And I was like, oh man, what happens when God has a different process in store for you than you think? What happens when he does things a little different than we would do? I said it like this earlier. When they were waiting for the Messiah, the soon coming King Jesus, his first arrival, they were under Roman oppression. And literally, they were expecting a warrior Messiah from the house of warriors, one of the translations says. And, and so here comes, here comes, you know, the time. That's why a lot of them missed it, because they were looking for a certain thing. And God sent a baby. And they're like, where's the warrior? Yeah, let's do this. And it's a baby. And we're like, hold up. God, did you mess this up? Because, like, we're in oppression, and you sent a baby like, that's not only going to take a long time, but, and then fast forward, he's like, hey, by the way, guys, I'm going to die. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, you're not. We're going to take over, remember? We're doing this thing. And he's like, sorry, guys. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your will. And we rest in the reality that he does have a better way. Amen? That God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are beyond our thoughts. But I want to tell you today that no matter, you see here, Elijah, he's praying. He's praying seven times. Seven times contending for the word of the Lord to break forth. And I want to encourage you here today. Some of you have been praying for years upon years upon years for one breakthrough. Some of you have been contending for a prodigal, a son or a daughter who have been away from the Lord and believing, God, would this be the year? And you're rounding out times six, say, in this, in this story, right? And like, I just want to tell you, don't throw in the towel. Because what if time seven is the time of breakthrough? What if there's something left? Yeah, come on. What if... 
right around the corner. What if today is the day of your breakthrough? Shouldn't we live in such a way that we believe, God, I don't know. I don't know why it had, it, it went down like this. I don't have to understand all of it. I have questions that I know you're happy to hear. But God, when at the end of the day, I trust you for who you are. I trust your leadership. I trust your care. I trust your ability to see the end from the beginning. Yeah. Amen. And I rest in the fact that you are a good father, that your goodness will be on display in my life. Amen? Yeah. So I want to encourage you today. Galatians says this, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest. Here's the key, though. Everybody's like, yeah, harvest. It says, if you faint not. Come on, I'm here to just remind you today, don't give up. Don't give up on the promises of God over your life. Don't give up on what he's spoken over your children. I don't care if they've been strung out for 20 years. God's got a plan. I don't care. I mean, it just takes somebody who'll say, if I just keep praying, if I just keep persevering, and we're like, we don't always like that word. We don't always like the contending. We don't always like that. But Jesus talks about it. He says, ask and the door, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Luke 18, he tells his disciples, he said, you ought to continue to pray and what? not lose heart. He goes on to tell a parable about the nagging widow, the Bible calls it, who's like the unjust judge. He's like, grant me justice, grant me justice. And he's like, fine, you're annoying me. Here's justice. And he's like, how much more would your father grant you justice? And then one, uh, the Passion Translation, what I love in, in Luke 18, verse eight, it says, when the son of man returns, will he find that type of persistent faith in the earth? The kind of faith that doesn't have to have the microwave, I need it now, I want my breakthrough or I'm out of here. The kind of faith that says, Dan and I were just talking about this yesterday, like, like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that says, our God can deliver us from the fire. I'll tell you what though, even if he doesn't, I love him. And, and he is my everything and nothing's changing my mind. Nothing will shake me, nothing will break me because I am standing firm upon who he is and his nature and his love for me, Amen. So I want to tell you today, there is breakthrough for you, that God has it in store for your life. And I pray if you take nothing else from this moment, they would just remind you, man, some of you have been believing for years for a breakthrough. Pray again. Man, just keep praying. And when you feel like giving up, just pray again. And when you feel like, oh, maybe this is not going to happen, you just say, I'm going to keep praying I'm going to hold on. That's the kind of persistent faith, that bulldog type holding on to the promises of God. That's what it takes to overcome in every circumstance of life. I'm not shaken by my life's surroundings, by, by the reality of what the doctors said over our daughter. They said, oh, she may not walk. She may, not, she may have brain issues, all these things. Guess what? They said she would have kidney issues her whole life. She's never had one kidney problem. In fact, there was a, a miracle that broke out. She had like a, what they thought was one kidney, a horseshoe kidney. And, and when they went back in a couple weeks later, they found two perfectly fine, healed whole kidneys. I said, come on. In fact, I'm going to preach to myself for a second if you're all right with it, because I got to hear it. Because <laughs> we sat in a doctor's office just this last week, and he said, oh, just so you guys know, this, these next couple surgeries that are ahead of us, I've never seen anyone anywhere, or there's no reports in the world of it actually being successful in, in like the, this kind of way. 
And I was like, oh, okay, man. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. I walked out. I was like, Julie, what he don't know is he's got a Holy Ghost-filled mama and papa who have been praying for this baby girl from day zero till now, saying, God, I don't care what the enemy will try to do to, to take her life, or I don't care what has come her way. She will be an overcomer. And you know what we did? Here's how we flipped the script. We said, God, not only are we going to ask you for creative miracles in our baby girl, but I'm asking that you raise her up as like a powerful powerhouse of creative miracles in our day. Like that Catherine Kuhlman walk around, seeing things grow out, seeing things that weren't there show up. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you flip the script on the enemy. When he comes at your marriage and you start thinking things or whatever happened, you just begin to bless your spouse. When you want to curse at them, you just begin to bless them and speak life. When that wayward son or daughter, that prodigal comes in and they're strung out once again, instead of kicking dirt on them, just start speaking life, saying, God, you're going to raise them up as a mighty man and woman of God for their generation to do the exploits of God Almighty in the earth today. Amen? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet as we close? I want to leave you with one more thing. This is available for you. The breakthrough is coming. Seven times Elijah told him to go look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Breakthrough started coming. You know what? It didn't look like a whole sky full of lightning and like dark clouds. He saw a little bitty cloud way out in the distance. He had the ability by faith to say, that's my answer. That's all I need right there. And I want to tell you that along your process in, in waiting and contending for your promises, in your persevering prayer, there will be moments where the Lord will give you those small clouds in the distance. And it's your choice to see it and say, oh, that's nothing. That's just a vapor. Or saying, that's my answer right there. I know it's coming. I know it's in small measure right now. But I know what lies within that. It's the ability to see the oak trees, the forest within a single acorn. Because that's the kingdom of God. It's in seed form oftentimes, and he will show it and bring it to fruition. Amen? So I, uh, Elijah sees it, and he says, he's, he sees the cloud the size of a man's hand, and he says, tell the king to hurry on ahead because it's finna rain. Right? And, and just a few minutes, not even past, and it says the sky grew black. So he knew it was coming. By, by faith, he knew, and he began to lay hold of. He began to, and, and here's the thing. I want to end two things. First thing is this. We, when we're praying and we're persevering in prayer, it's not from a place of trying to convince God to do something. This is so essential for you to understand. We're not trying to twist God's arm to do what we want. We're coming into agreement with the kingdom of heaven being established on the earth. And that looks like healing, wholeness, deliverance, freedom, right? All these things that are, that are, that's in heaven. Okay, what we're, we're not trying to overcome God's reluctance to do things. We're simply pressing in to lay hold of his willingness to do it. To line up with what he said he would do. And we say, God, I believe you at your word. And I'm all in. God is looking for a persistent, faithful people who will say, God, I believe you at your word. I'm laying hold of your willingness. The prophets of Baal, they danced around and they tried to work it up. And and. That, it, there is a way of striving that the, the world, that we as the church step into sometimes. We're banging our head off the wall thinking that's changing things. It's about believing the word of God. We're not, uh, David said this Wednesday, I've heard this a few times. We're not fighting for the victory, guys. We're fighting from a place of victory. Not for victory, from victory. The victory has been won. See, Elijah knew the rain was coming. He had the word. 
So he was simply saying, God, you said it's gonna happen, so I'm gonna do my part and pray until it does. Amen? And I believe that God's raising up a people here at Harvest today that'll say yes to, to pursue, to persevering prayer for one another, for the dreams of God in one another, bearing one another's burdens and love, for your pastors, for the leadership, for Pastor Jim, who is across town in the hospital, to be raised up to full health and life, amen? A contending body of believers, not stepping into striving, but laying hold of the willingness of God who say yes and amen, I will be the one to press in for what you're doing, God. And see this, at the end of the passage, Elijah sees the clouds darken, he tucks in his coat, and he begins to run. What we see there is a supernatural grace from heaven that comes upon his physical body and actually empowers him to do things beyond human strength. He outruns chariots and horses. That's the next part of the scripture. And so when I was studying this, the Lord told me, I have a supernatural grace for my people to run into the promises, to run after what I have for them, and it's theirs for the taking. Hebrews 4 says, come boldly before the throne of grace with confidence. Then it goes on to say that in your time of need, there is grace and mercy for you. Available to you, the empowerment of heaven to to bring forth heaven into the earth. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you. So let's just lift our hands in closing today to receive from the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for a group of people who have said yes to you who have said yes to being a son or a daughter, who have said yes to co-laboring with you to bring heaven to earth. It's our joy, Father, to co-labor with you, our Papa, bringing your rule and your reign into the world around us. And we give ourselves to persistent prayer. And Lord, I pray courage be released upon this congregation today. Lord, an emboldness from heaven, a strength and a grace from heaven, even as we saw in Elijah's life, God, that he began to outrun horses. I ask for their physical bodies to be strengthened, God, right now in Jesus' name, to run into the promises of God, to run out of the darkness, to run out of the place of uh, doubt, to run out of the place of struggle, into your loving arms, into the hope you have prepared for us, God. I ask you now to release a fresh grace. Blow, come Holy Spirit, blow upon every heart, every life right now, and I pray encouragement out upon your people. God, for those ones who have been contending for a miracle, let this be the day of their miracle. Let them ask again. Let them seek again. Let them knock again. Let persistent faith be found in the earth today. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for every breakthrough that's in your heart over us. And we receive from you today We receive grace from heaven today to run the race with perseverance that you have marked out for us from glory to glory to glory. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to take 60 seconds and ask the Lord. Ask again the things you put on the shelf, the promises you thought were gone and forgotten. Ask him today. Ask him, Lord, break through on my behalf. Come on, some of you have stopped praying at the sixth time. The seventh time is still there and the breakthrough is on the horizon. So take 60 seconds again and begin to ask the Lord to do it, to break through the promises over you and your family and your household. Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for grace from heaven. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the joy of co-laboring with you. It truly is our honor, Father, to act on your behalf in here in the earth around us. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would raise us up as mighty men and women of God with the word of God on our mouths, with the strength of heaven in our bones. Yeah, come on. Feeling the responsibility from our Father in heaven resting upon our shoulders to be the witness of God in the earth around us, but yet have the empowerment of the Spirit of God Almighty at work within us, bringing us into the fullness of what you're desiring. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I bless your people today with grace and peace from heaven to attain the promises. That Caleb mentality that says, even at an old age, that's my mountain and I'm taking it. God, a courage to rise up from within them. All those, those prayers that have been buried, Lord, let them be unearthed today. Raise them up with persistent faith, Lord. And I bless your children today with grace, peace, and life. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you give God thanks today?